What is going on, Jet fans? Matt O'Leary back with another episode of Just Jets. That's right, baby. Another episode of Just Jets. One more in 2023. We're going to sneak one in and talk about a few things. For instance, the tank debate that is going around amongst Jet fans. We'll also get into Zach Wilson. He is out again this week. Is this the final time we've seen Zach Wilson? And we'll answer your voicemails. But before all of that, we got to do a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Step into 2024 with confidence thanks to Manscaped, where resolutions are met and hairs are neatly kept. As the new year approaches, why not make self-improvement a breeze by keeping your body well-groomed? Introducing Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, the ultimate all-inclusive kit designed to help you feel clean, cut, and confident as you should. Featuring the powerhouse lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this this next-gen trimmer ensures precision and ease when tackling your toughest hairs. So kick off 2024 with a trim above the rest and use my code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Thank you so much to Manscaped for supporting the program over here well into 2024. All right, let's hop into the episode for today. I am excited to talk about it and get into uh, really a, a few different topics with you guys before we get into your voicemails. The first is the good old-fashioned tank debate. Ah, uh, Don't you miss that? So the New York Jets won a game that people were in a way, a little bit upset with them for winning. Some people were upset with them for winning. Others were not. They were thrilled. I wouldn't say that I was either. So going into the game, I was like, all right, this is not like what? whatever. There's three games left. They're completely out of it. If they lose, fine. It increases your draft stock. If you win, whatever. At that point, like Joe Douglas, if he's half as good as what most of Jets Twitter believes him to be, he should be able to find someone, whether they're picking at pick five or if they're picking all the way at pick 12. Uh, But as we will get into later in this episode, like, as I said, a lot of fans are really, really upset about this win. Um, And I don't think I'm there. Like, I'm honestly not quite there yet on this one. That's not to for me to say, oh my God, I am thrilled with how the Jets played. They played a great game against the Washington Commanders because that would be the furthest thing from the truth. They did not play a great game. They were great offensively. Uh, they played a great first half. I guess we could say it that way. But in the second half, they didn't play great at all. Um, but you could take some positives out of it. For instance, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and Jermaine Johnson were all studs. And if you're going to win games, do it with your young core that is going to be here. As I've said many times before, this is a team that is young and trying to learn how to win. And I understand this year didn't go the way that any of us wanted it to go. I would have loved for it to end with a, you know, a playoff berth and Um, It would have been a a good thing to finally just end that horrific, horrific streak that the Jets are on because they have the longest active playoff drought in all of sports, which is, again, just absolutely horrific. But it's 
it's not enough for me now at this point. And again, there are still people, there's still two more games of this, but I could not go out there and be upset because the Jets won a game where Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson were good. And it, it, you can't act like there haven't been misses in the top five before. There, there certainly has. And it's really different to me than the 2020 tank, right? Like, I, there was no future with that team, with Adam Gase as the head coach. That roster stunk. There were very, very, very few things to enjoy from that 2020 team. And when they were, you know, in contention for a top pick, everyone knew they were going for a quarterback. So you were tanking and not tanking, but you you were rooting for your team to move on from Adam Gase, who was this terrible coach, who was incredibly toxic, hard to root for. And not that necessarily like Sam Darnold was hard to root for. I felt bad for Sam Darnold, but... It wasn't it wasn't working through three years. He got worse from year one to year three. It was not the same kind of promise. And yes, now looking back on it, he's had he had better games as a New York Jet than what Zach Wilson has had so far in his three years as a New York Jets quarterback. But settling for less bad is not the appropriate way to go. And like Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are coming back next year, and it's a young core that is going to be here for the next few years. Like, I, I'm not, again, going to be at a point where I'm going to be upset about them finding a way to win a game. And it, it should have been, and maybe it wouldn't be this big discussion point this week if the Jets won in a convincing fashion and won like 34-10. Instead, they blew a lead. It was 28-27, and they kick a game-winning field goal. Like, that obviously, I think, is a factor in this. If it wasn't th- that case, people probably would feel a little bit better about it. But the guys out there, as Robert Sala said in one of his press conferences earlier this week, they're playing for their jobs, and people are coaching for their jobs. And no one is go- actively going out there and trying to lose a football game. Now, the front office could put you know the team in a disadvantageous situation by you know trading people away and going with a younger roster. Uh, and at that point, you're not performing well. And you end up just losing games, and like that's how it works. But I don't think anyone is going out there. Coaches are like, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to lose this football game today, for the betterment of our team. No, like again, we're at a point now in this regime where they need to start stacking wins, and there's an outside fa- chance they could finish at eight and nine, which would be an improvement. I don't think that's where they finish. It probably either six and eleven or seven and ten, and then you'll look at well, a couple more meaningless wins drop you from we'll say fourth in the draft to 10th in the draft well like I don't know in 2021 the New York Jets won a couple games at the end of the year and they ended uh, specifically won against the Jacksonville Jaguars Jaguars end up with the first pick and they take Trayvon Walker and the Jets end up with the fourth pick and they take Sauce Gardner like it's not a direct science where the top play, like the the first player 
who goes number one overall is always the best player in that draft class and like so on and so forth. And then you pick second, oh, you're getting the second best player. And you pick third, oh, you're getting the third best player. And it's like, oh, no, the Jets dropped to, where do you think they end up picking? Eighth to tenth? If you can't find someone who could be a functional piece for in, in the top ten, then there are significantly, significantly bigger options, like bigger issues. We've seen people bust before in the top five. It's not a foolproof plan. The draft is a crapshoot. And again, if the Jets were tanking or, uh, you know, trying to lose games to get a better quarterback, like I'd probably be more upset if I was a Giants fan. And the reason for that is because they don't really have the quarterback on the roster. Like, yes, they made the playoffs with Daniel Jones and they paid Daniel Jones, but like, is he there like long term? You feel good about winning your chances of winning a championship with him. And Tommy DeVito, who's probably going to be a backup on this team, wins a couple of games. And now you're picking fifth instead of second. That is much more annoying than a team that had, you know, big aspirations aren't taking a quarterback and, you know, they win the game. They win a couple games on the back of their young studs. I don't know. And, and again, if they lose out and they lose this week, that's my caveat is, okay, they're getting a better draft pick out of it. I'm not necessarily going out there and like victory lapping an ugly, uh, you know, 20, 30 to 28 game. But I'm not going to be upset about it either. I, I just don't have the energy at this point in late December, almost into January, to get upset about wins and losses when they're out of it. Like you saw, I was a, a much more emotional and animated earlier in the season when there was a lot more riding on it. Forgive me if I am waiting for the chips to fall as they may and then worry about who the Jets are going to draft. I think this time around is much different than in years gone by, I guess is is my point, especially with everyone coming back. So they, they won a game. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to go, oh, my God, here we go. Now the, Jet, the Jets aren't going to be able to find anyone good because they're going to end up picking eighth. Like, guys, come on. It, 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 should be, it should be a little bit better than that. And then la- uh, second thing before we get into voicemails on this show is Zach Wilson – uh, was ruled out again for, for this game. Not a surprise. He was unable to go due to being in concussion protocol against Washington on Christmas Eve. Quick turnaround with the Jets playing on Thursday on the road against probably the number one defense in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns have a absolutely phenomenal defense. That would have been an extremely tough task to put him back out there in that spot. Jeremy Ruckert was also already ruled out for that game. But Trevor Simeon versus Joe Flacco in week 17 for Thursday Night Football. <laughs> kind of gross. Kind of gross, but with Zach Wilson being out again, is this the end of the line for Zach Wilson? Like, Do you put him back out there the final week of the year against the New England Patriots up in New England? That That's then the question. And is this really like is that it? Is our last memory of Zach Wilson going trotting out there against Miami and getting crushed in the first half and getting knocked out of the game with a concussion? You know, it was bizarre, this bumpy three-year ride. And 
it was one that I wanted to get it get on. I wanted the Jets to draft Zach Wilson second overall. I preferred him over Justin Fields, and I was patient, and I, I thought anyway, giving him – I wanted to see two years of him before we were making decisions on if he was the guy or not. And after two seasons, the Jets were at a point where they were looking to add a veteran quarterback because they felt that they were being held back by the quarterback position, and I agreed. But what I didn't agree with was not – making him the third quarterback and having him completely sit, but putting him in harm's way yet again by tossing him back out there. Um, And I think that was a mistake for this Jets team, but I think we're at a point now where this is probably it for Zach Wilson. I don't think we see him against New England. That'd be a really crappy thing to do to put him back out there against a team that has absolutely, and a coach that has absolutely destroyed him. Every single time that Zach Wilson has played the New England Patriots has been horrible. From his rookie year, his second ever start, first game at MetLife Stadium, four interception performance, to uh, getting knocked out in a game uh, up in New England in his rookie season uh, due to injury, to the three-pick performance back at MetLife Stadium in year two, to the 10-3 to game, uh, I didn't let the defense down benching, which that felt like was pretty much, that felt like that was going to be it for Zach Wilson. And then he ends up getting back in there against uh, Detroit, gets benched again in Jacksonville. More of the story. Anyway, he comes back. He has to start games this year. So week three, Zach has a brutal performance uh, in week three against New England. And is he going to get that last one, last last week of the year, his last ever performance as a Jet, last memory as a Jet would be against New England, up in New England? I mean, I guess a part of me could see it. As, as effed up as that is, I guess a part of me could see that. But I really think that both sides can benefit from just cutting the slate because this is someone who is going into his fourth year in the league. You're not picking up his fifth-year option. Because they, you're, are you paying him $20 million two years from now? No. So he's going into the final year of his deal. Are you giving him a second contract as a what? You're, has he shown you enough to where you're saying that, that I feel comfortable with him being the plan after Aaron Rodgers? The timeline doesn't really add up. So he's got to be someone else's reclamation project now. Trade him to us you know, for a day three pick to Arizona or Kansas City or wherever and say, all right, you know, try to try to resurrect your career. Good luck to you. And again, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not sold that he's at this point in his career going to be able to get back to the point where he could be considered a top starting quarterback in the league. Can he maybe be a backup in this league? Like what Sam Darnold has carved out a career doing now? Yeah, probably. He probably could do that. But we're back on the, you know, Sam Darnold played a little bit on Christmas because Brock Purdy got hurt. And the the Sam the Sam guys came back out of the woodwork again. On Like, we were just stuck in a loop, it feels like. We're at, you had the Sam guys in 2020, and now three years later, you have the Zach guys. And then, you know, three years from now, Zach Wilson will have a spot start as a God knows, I don't know, a Tennessee Titan and you know he'll he'll have a touchdown pass and be like eight of ten 
passing. It's like, well, Zach's finally getting his chance. The Jets were done. And it's like, wait, what? How did we get here? How did we get here? But I do think it's finally going to be the the end of the line for, for Zach Wilson. I think this is the last we've seen of him and as he's not going to play this week. And I think I'd be surprised if he came in and played in uh, the final game of this season, in the home stretch now of the 2023 NFL season. Let's get into your uh, voicemails here as we can get into hey, what I did the wrong for some reason. Oh, that's why I, I messed that up a little bit. Apologies. Uh, let's get into your voicemails now. As we start with who do we got first? I can't even read Henry in Maryland. There we go. Henry in Maryland's up first. Matt, you're the best. Thank you, man. Henry, uh, living in Maryland, originally from Valley Stream, Long Island, uh, Jets fan since I'm going to say 1967. How about that? Nice. Question for you and the boys on Talking Jets, or just you. Um, I believe that we're so deep in the defensive line that we ought to take some of that wealth and flip it for picks so that we can reinforce the offensive line um, and become a more balanced team. The idea of having this fantastic defensive line so that we can really slam teams when we get the lead, well, when that's when, when is that going to be? Uh, 2030? I, 20? I don't know. So you hear where I'm going. We need to increase this offense, and I think you might have to give up some of the, some of the defensive uh, eliteness to get that. My next, my next question would be, uh, Belichick has a, uh, uh, a thought, a belief that you trade a guy one year before, um, you have to. And if you use that concept, who on the Jets would you trade in order to recoup high draft capital to get this thing going in the right direction? I get that we're all in for 2024, but I think we got to do a little bit of both. Thanks, Matt. I'll keep watching. Congratulations on Podcast 200. I'm watching it now. Take care. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I don't think there is a perfect comparison from the one that you're trying to make of moving on from a guy one year too early and someone on this Jets roster. I'll explain why in a second. Um, and the the too much on the defensive line. So I guess my answer is kind of in the in the the same route here with Bryce Huff being the only like kind of comp. But he's a free agent at the end of the year, so that would be like a franchise tag and trade away. But I don't think the Jets should do that. I think they should keep Bryce Huff. I think you should pay him. He's you know a, a legit pass rusher, and they've struggled so much for years and years and years to to find an edge pass rush. Remember, like. Calvin Pace at the end of his career was like just that solid, steady guy, like Jordan Jenkins, one of their better edge rushers. And, you know, now you have Jermaine Johnson, which is solid. And, you know, maybe Will McDonald develops next year a little bit. But Bryce Huff has been so good. I don't think you want to trade him away. And, like, they don't, I don't think that another reason why I don't think the Jets have that guy is because usually the ones that people point to for moving on a year too early from. Ty Law 
and Richard Seymour are the two guys that Bill Belichick kind of did that with. And Ty Law was cut, so they didn't get anything for him. But Richard Seymour was a trade, and they did get a first-round pick out of him. But the difference is Ty Law was cut at age 30, and Richard Seymour was traded at age 29. The Jets don't really have those guys on the roster. Like, their core and their good players are 20. Their oldest one, Quinton Williams, being 26. But you have, like, Sauce Gardner is younger than is under 25 Jermaine Johnson same thing um Garrett Wilson same thing Brees Hall same thing so it's they're young and they're cheap they're not on these costly contracts uh and these tradable contracts like you could say Alan Lazard but one who wants the Alan Lazard contract and two are you getting a high contract uh, a high return for him I don't think so. I don't think the Jets have that guy Henry uh, that you can make the comparison to with um, obviously how the Patriots did it moving on from a guy to one year or two early because they're they're all in their prime. They're not approaching 30 years old. They don't have that guy on the roster um, with a tradable contract is the caveat. Because maybe you could say, well, C.J. Mosley, but I don't think you're, one, I think that he's too important to this defense also. And also, number two, is that that contract isn't really a tradable one. Let's go to Constantine up next. Constantine wants to get into ownership problems. Okay, Constantine. Hey, Maddie, Constantine from PA. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas. Listen, man, 27 to 7. Then in the second half, 27 to 13. Did any Jet fan really feel safe about that lead? And what happened to our all-pro defense? I mean, it came down to where the defense had to make that stop to prevent them from going up 28-27. We failed miserably. How did we start it out with? Sauce Gardner getting a pass interference call. Let me tell you something right now. To all the Jet fans who know me, I speak from the heart. Robert Sala is not a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. Let's just call a duck a duck, okay? Robert Sala is not a head coach. He does absolutely nothing to inspire the offense. All he cares about is what the defense does. And once again, the Jets have shown nothing but ass in the second half of the game. This team needs a reboot. It needs a complete, complete restart. It is an embarrassment to be a Jet fan. I feel sorry for all the Jet fans out there that go out and buy the gear that pay for the tickets to go to these games to a shit stadium with the shittiest turf in the entire NFL. We got an owner that does, just doesn't, and I'm going to say it, he just doesn't give a fuck about the team. I don't care if he wanted Aaron Rodgers. He wanted Aaron Rodgers so he could be on the headlines. So he could make the Jets relevant in other ways. Because all they care about is money. They don't care about putting the right coach in front of this team they don't care about anything except the money. So for the Jet fans that are out there that are feeling the way I do, please voice your opinion on this because I honestly believe this team is never going to win again unless they change everything. And that goes from the very top, from the owner straight down. Remember, fish rots from the head down. The brain rots, the rest of the body goes. And the Jets have no brain. 
They have no brain trust. They have no organization. And they definitely, definitely cannot keep Robert Sala as a coach. If they keep him as a coach, expect the same season next year. And if Aaron Rodgers gets injured, who the hell knows who our quarterback's going to be? Anyway, Merry Christmas to all the Jet fans. Better luck next year. <laughs> better, better luck next year. Uh, look, I, I'm not Constantine. I, I'm going to agree that I'm not. A, I'm not a Woody Johnson fan. I've I've made that pretty clear. I don't think he is a very good owner. My only rebuttal or pushback is we've seen the Jets have some success though during his his tenure, right? not recently, but you know, and they made the playoffs in oh one, oh two, oh four, oh six, nine, and ten. So we have seen them have you know marginal success. I think his biggest problem is him meddling. I think he get, he's way too involved. Hire the football guys and let them do their thing. There's no reason to be meeting with the head coach every single day. That I agree with you on. They've had some success with, with him. Not, not a ton to where they won a championship, which is the ultimate goal, but they have had enough to where they were a playoff team and on the cusp of you know being in, and playing in a Super Bowl. So it is possible... But they, they unfortunately, these guys are coming back. There's no, there's no changing that. They're getting a pass on this year. I think that is a mistake that they just put four, four plays in. They punted on the year. They said that's it. You know, we tried. We're not going to do anything else. That you could absolutely be critical of them for. Uh, but I do think all these guys are, are coming back, and there's nothing we can really do about it. Jerome in Georgia. Matt O'Leary, thank you so much for taking my call. It's Jerome from Savannah. Let me tell you, today we saw what good coaching and solid quarterback play and solid offensive line play and our stellar defense could do with a healthy Aaron Rodgers and the right attitude and a revamped offensive line. We could be exactly this position next year. If you feel good about today's win, quote-unquote, uh, you're probably the kind of person that reads the New York Post with their finger. Like, give me a break. Nobody wins meaningless December games like this team does. Do me a favor. Go and look up the Jets' winning percentage in December when they have been eliminated from playoff contention all time. I, I promise you it's north of nine. It's probably north of 800. <sighs> anyway, um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Mr. O'Leary, to you and yours, and... uh you know, don't worry. At least we still have, we'll still have Roger, Rob, you know, Rob, whatever the hell his name is, Robert Salamalama Ding Dong as head coach. Later. <laughs> so frustration from Constantine and Jerome back to back. They, this is the team tank, and I understand the wanting the better draft pick. And I'm not going to say that Jerome or Constantine or whoever they're they're less of a fan than than anybody else for wanting their team to have a better draft pick and a better shot. I just uh, I cannot get that bent out of shape over it. I'm not there. I don't have that. I wish I wish I did, but I'd be manufacturing it. I'd be I'd be faking it. That's something that I don't do. I don't come on here. I don't manufacture my emotions or, or feelings. I give you, I shoot you straight. If I'm happy about something and saying this is, I think this is a good thing, I mean it. I'm not just doing it to do it. Or if I think it's a bad thing, same deal. I'm not just doing it to do it. I, I that's how I actually feel on the subject. On this one, I really don't care with, with with the wins or the losses at the end of the year. I think you could spin it into being 
a positive in either direction. So again, it, it, it kind of it is what it is. That's well, that's where I'm at with it. And these guys are coming back, win it, winning or losing. If they lost, if they lost the final three games of the year and had the better pick, guess what? Robert Sala's coming back anyway. Hello, Matt. This is PG. Matt. It's PG from Long Island. Uh, PG from Long Island. Uh, uh, good win yesterday. Obviously, you know, meaningless. Uh, you play. You play to win the game, as they say. And I'm glad the Jets won. If they had lost, I would have taken it and moved up a little bit. But I'm not really concerned with that at this point. Uh, let the season play out. Let the wins mount if they can. Get some good. You know, momentum for the defense, which should pretty much be together for next year. Um, but I've read and seen, uh, heard some some other podcasts talking about how the there's a chance that the Jets are not going to keep um, uh, Price off the uh, the uh, you know defensive end that he's. Because of the stats he's put up this year, he's going to be priced out. The Jets are not going to be able to maintain him. And, I mean, that if that happens, I've been a big Joe uh, Douglas fan, but that is just, you know, that is just unacceptable. I mean, he had, you would think he's had multiple chances the last year or so to, to sign him to an extension and get him on here. So if they lose him, I mean, he is just, yeah, his, his stats have slowed down a little bit over the last couple of seasons, you know, last couple of games, I should say. Um, but he still is—he's what they need. I mean, they need an edge rusher. They had they—that's what this whole defense relies on, getting to the quarterback with the top four, and he's as good as anyone right now. Uh, so, uh, at least anyone on the Jets. Uh, but you know, they're saying, well, now he's going to hit free agency, and they're not going to. And even if they tag him, it's going to be too expensive. I've been, been a Joe Douglas the supporter, as you know, but mm-hmm. that would be a serious misstep if they do not somehow, or if they not keep, keep him. Anyway, your thoughts on that? Go Jets. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with you. I think it would be a massive, massive mistake, PG, if they let Bryce Huff walk. He's a homegrown, found, developed talent at a premium position. For years, you said it, for years, the Jets went unable to find a pass rusher. He's on his way to having a double-digit sack season this year. He's second in the league in pressure percentage. 11.9% of his pass rushes result in a pressure. That is second in the NFL for qualified rushers. Only Micah Parsons is ahead of him. He's in unreal company, and that's not. I'm not saying he's someone who's going to ever play 80% of snaps, but he this year he finally was getting 50% or more of snaps and playing a majority, and he's been great. He's been fantastic this year. Remember, he was only a third down specialist, and Jeff fans are like, hey, like this guy, he's a really efficient pass rusher. He should be on the field more. And I get it. He's not great against the run. But he is so valuable as a pass rusher that it's worth it to play him fifty to fifty-five percent of the snaps, and it's worth it to, for him to get a, you know, three-year contract, probably around what forty-five to fifty million dollars. You know, with an AAV around fifteen to sixteen million dollars a year, and that doesn't necessarily mean that's what his cap hit's going to be. 
you know how cap hits could be structured. It could be a lower number in the first year and, you know, all those things. But I think he is way too valuable to just leave or to franchise tag and trade. Like, he's having an elite-level pass rusher like that and just being like, ah, well, we took Will McDonald. We think he's going to be okay. Like, no, you can't do that at a premium spot. For years, we've talked about the important quarterback, edge, corner, receiver, Offensive line, in, not in that specific order, but those being the five like important, most important positions on the football field. And the Jets have been bad when their rosters were really, really bad. They had nothing at any of those spots. It's like, great, you got two safeties. You know, remember when the Jets drafted uh, Marcus May in the second round, the Jamal Adams in the first round? It's like, okay, great, you have one of the best safety duos in the league, and you're still five and 11 every year, 5 and 12 every year. It doesn't matter. But having an elite level edge rusher is so, so, so valuable. And when Aaron Rodgers is in, guess what? When you have the quarterback who's going to be able to put up points, I'm not saying that, you know, top in the league, but even just if the Jets had an average middle of the road offense, could you imagine what these guys would produce at and how much better they'd be? Let's go to Travis from Ohio up next. Travis. Hey, Matt. What's up, man? Merry Christmas, belated. And um, last time Trevor Simeon started against Browns, Miles Garrett broke his ankle. <laughs> yes. And that was an unjust uniform. Yep. It's Groundhog Day until 2023. Love you, buddy. Go, Jess. Yeah, I'm, thank you, Travis. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Um, I remember that game well. It was Jet, you know Jets-Browns. Trevor Simeon got the start, and he got hurt almost immediately in that game. That was an, that was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Ugly one. Week two of the 2019 season. Sam Darnold was out with Mono, and they went to Trevor Simeon. I was like, all right, maybe this guy can play. And he gets hurt immediately. And they go to Luke Falk for a few games. It's like, <laughs> what do we do to deserve that? So that was, that was definitely a rough one. Hopefully he has a better go-round this time. Let's close out with the legend himself, V-Man. Vinny from Peekskill. Hey, man. It's uh, Vinny from Peekskill. Hope you had a decent Christmas. Hopefully better than mine. I'm going to call talk about the game. And yeah, we've probably heard of the pirates of whiny pro tankers crying about winning a game. End of the day, these players are always going to be playing to win. They're not going to throw a match. No matter how much people want them to. And ultimately, it's for the best that gets to win. These young players need to know that they can win. They need to find ways to win. But ultimately, tanking, it doesn't matter because if the GM's any good, he should be able to pick anywhere. And let's not mention, let's not forget. But there's a part of you that definitely wants to end the year ahead of New England. There's a part of you that wants to send Bill Belichick out as head coach of the New England Patriots with a big fat loss to the Jets. If you're a Jets fan and you and you do not believe in either of those two things, there's something wrong with you. Thank you, and as always, go Jets. I'm with you. I mean, especially right now, too, when you look at it, if you want to pull up the old tankathon, 
New England don't have the second pick right now. They're down at four. So you're not they're not picking a quarterback right now. At least not one of the top two guys. If forever it looked like they were on the Caleb and Drake May train, they win a game in Denver, a surprising one. Wasn't expecting them to win that one. Um, I thought they'd keep it close. It was six and a half point spread. I thought they'd keep it close, but they won on the road in Denver. Good for them. But oh my goodness gracious, the thought of sending Bill Belichick out with a loss, not bad. Not bad. And so what? You go from what? Picking sixth to eighth? We're gonna we're gonna cry, throw a tantrum over it. I think the Jets end up with the my way too early prediction is they're gonna pick still in the top ten, somewhere between eight to ten. You can still get a damn good player there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode, episode 201 of Just Jets. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show. Uh, Leave a rating and a review if you're listening in audio form. And if you're on YouTube, leave a comment. Say hi. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm Matt, and I'll catch you next time.